Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Callan FM. Good afternoon, I'm Heather Noble. And I'm Tracy Jones. And you're listening to the business community on Thursday afternoon. And it's our topical discussion this week. And we thought we'd spend a little bit of time thinking about professional bodies there are a million professional bodies out there and we we were having a chat the other day about what membership means what are the benefits why would you join a professional body uh so i'm a member of a couple uh i'm sure tracy is a member of couple too not anymore aren't you no aren't you were you in aat or no sema so chartered institute of management accountants for many years okay and um, yeah, I made, I made a decision that some of my colleagues made many years before. It took me a little longer to make their decision. And that was that I didn't feel I was getting out of the body what I perhaps was previously and that I didn't need it for my career at that particular point in time. Um, where I am in my career now, I'm, I'm considering maybe it would be worth it. However, one of the things to say, which is some of the research I've done, is one of the limits to to these things is actually the cost of joining. And you really have to bear that, balance that with the benefits. And, um, well, I think if we start off with perhaps some of the benefits of joining professional bodies, I, I had a quick look. And these are really the reasons why I joined when I did. Um, and I used to be member of professional bodies when I was a hypnotherapist. Um, so I was a member of a couple of professional bodies for that. I felt it was really important as a practicing hypnotherapist. But my career hasn't been uh, totally finance and also hasn't really relied on me using the body for career progression Mm -hmm. over those years so the decision to drop out of those bodies and I'm also not a member of the hypnotherapy bodies now because I'm not practicing hypnotherapist but if you look on the Birmingham University website they talk about the benefits for graduates for being in a professional body and um, they say that by joining the professional body you show a level of commitment to a career and it's useful to highlight on your CV. So I would say definitely in, in my early years of being an accountant, I, I felt it was important um, to fellow accountants to show that I'd made that extra step because it's not just about paying your fees to become an accountant. You, you have to enter, you have to fill in your, your professional logs and then keep up your CPD as well. So it's showing that extra level of commitment. Um, another one of the benefits they highlight is the opportunity to make connections and build a network of peers Mm. and that I found really useful in going to the meetings but some professional bodies those sort of meetings aren't so good some are brilliant so I think you have to be really careful and then also um, in a lot of the professional bodies they they're responsible for setting the professional exams or the standards that are involved in that and that can be really important route to actually um, getting into the profession so with the accountancy body SEMA they do set the professional standards and and that means that it's really a credible qualification as well so they're the reasons that the University of Birmingham came up with what about you Heather what, what are you a member of so I'm a member of the CIPD which is a Chartered Institute of Personal Development and I'm also a member of the learning and Perf- uh, the LPI the learning and performance industry uh, now there are, there are two different reasons why. CIPD, and I wish that I'd, I'd joined earlier because, and particularly as a student, or if you're new in a career, if you the sooner that you register, the more years that you accumulate in that role, the further you can progress and you can progress. If you've, if you've worked in, um, so for me, if you've worked in a, a learning and development um, sector 
for 10 years and you've been a member of the CIPD for 10 years or can evidence that you have prior knowledge and learning, then you can become a fellow. Uh, yes, there are costs associated. There are membership costs. But for me personally, as a sole trader, I think that the costs outweigh... Um, it, it, the benefits outweigh the costs because it gives me, I feel, it gives me credibility. It's a fantastic resource for information, uh, whether that's articles, white papers, legislation, uh, or even just, you know, interesting stuff. So I think that's really, really helpful. Uh, and it also, for whatever reason, as somebody who didn't go to university, I don't know, it helps me to feel that... I'm worthy of some kind of badge. And that, that might sound like a bit of a vanity project, but sometimes when you're doubting yourself, you know, if you're out there in the world of work, actually to be able to say, no, no, I qualify to, to be part of that organisation, I think that can just help with confidence uh, as much as anything. But yes, I think if you're a student or if you're working in a particular field and you find a professional body, the different levels of membership have different prices associated with them. But I would suggest join sooner rather than later because you never know when you might want to be able to say, I've been a member of the CIPD for eight years. I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other. Yeah. And, and I know when I was teaching on the CIPD programmes, that in order to do the examinations, you had to be a student member anyway. So it is encouraged at that stage. Now, there are other professional bodies as well. So obviously there's all sorts of professional trade associations. that They're not all equal. And, and the sort of things that you might be looking for are things that are relevant to your business. Mm. So something that might be completely relevant to, to Heather in her role might be very different yeah. to, to somebody in, who's in perhaps a, a plumber. They might be looking for very specific things. So the other things that might be available that might be important to you are, are directory listings. Um, and enhanced exposure to customers. So some trade associations, as well as having a list of their members, they're also very good at their own promotion, so that promoting their members. Um, you might get discounts on various industry-related services, technical advice and support. I know um, that the company that I used to work for was a member of the uh, British Association of Removers, and, you know, and there were legal advice lines with that, industry schemes, discounted membership to other things. Um, industry certified training courses, subscriptions, free publications. So yeah. you've you got a publication with CIPD, don't yeah. you? Yeah. you uh, got one with the CI, um, CIMA. Um, networking opportunities. And for me, the, what, one of the things that I found really useful was the events and seminars and conferences that are specific to those membership organisations. What, what do you think are the disadvantages of being a, a member, if you can think of any, Heather? I personally can't think of a disadvantage. Uh, I think that, you know, it would be crazy, even if the cost permitted, for you to be a member of, you know, 25 different associations, because I think that that would be, that would give out a very mixed message and it would it would kind of be pointless. I can't think of a negative. Um, I just see it, particularly you've mentioned events, etc. So it's a great opportunity for learning. And also, of course, now, you know, there are LinkedIn groups, that are connected with professional bodies. So I think it's a win-win. Yeah, you, I think, think it depends on, because I said they're not all created equal. I think there may be some associations out there that still rest on their laurels a little bit. So they take very high fees and give very little back in return, apart from 
maybe the letters after your name mm. or something like that. Mm. And I think you have to make sure that the association you're giving your time and your money to because you, you you have to invest some time in this as well you, you get out of it what you put into yeah. it really so um to, to make sure that they're actually giving back value for money as well so you know how good are their regional events do they have any in your area you know if you if you join an association and all their events are taking place in the southeast it might not be so, yeah. so great if you're in the northwest um and and if you're looking at what sort of commitment they expect from you in terms of turning up to meetings you know, do, do they make them accessible to all? Are they interesting? Or is it just one of the big bugbears for me is it, I, I, I like it to be something that I'm going to learn from as well. So if it's just tea and biscuits and a good old chin tea wag, bag. you know, it might be a little bit of a waste of your time. So I think you look at the balances and see what it is that you're wanting out of it if it is socializing with your peer group that's absolutely fine if it's some sort of professional development as well then make sure that you're choosing the right association and on that point there is a brilliant website that i came across which has got so many lists of professional associations over 300 professions in all of the different um, sections so administration advertising business services care civil service creative design the list goes on and if i just go to um let's have a look shall we pick one what should we pick heather um information manage and management so click on there and we've got the archives and record association the association of translation companies the association for information and image management chartered institute of library and information professionals chartered institute of linguist chartered management institute institute of administrative management i keep on scrolling this list is really long so if you want to go to uh, the website is directory of the professions.co.uk they've got a little summary on each of the associations and then a link into their website so there might be associations out there that are relevant to you that you'd never even thought existed i was having a little look um at, at a similar website and uh, you know there's an association for undertakers <coughs> there's an association <coughs> excuse me there's an association for people who provide um, traffic lights <laughs> you know I mean it, it, it gets quite niche um, and, and the one that I found totalprofessions.com came at it very much from a student um, perspective a careers perspective so if you want to find out more about particular trades particular um, job roles and job functions and career paths they were quite a useful resource for that you're listening to the business community on Calon FM. Now it's time for some news and some events. And I'm going to start with an event that I've noticed on a website we've mentioned before. It's wrexhambusinessprofessionals.com. And I see that they're organising an event on Tuesday, the 3rd of July, between 8.30 and 10.30 at the Ramada Plaza in Wrexham. It's called Powering Regional Prosperity the art of business so they've got some speakers from the world of culture and the arts to share their views on the importance of the creative arts in business and the economy I thought it looked interesting there aren't a lot of details on here so um you can get yourself over to the rex and business website and go through their contact page if you're interested in this i couldn't find any other booking details however they've got lord davith ellis thomas who's an am and he's um 
in the role of Welsh Government Minister for Culture, Tourism and Sport. David Pountney is Artistic, Artistic Director of the Welsh National Opera and Terry Waiters there promoting the significance of the Llangollen International Eisteddfod. So um, it looks like a really interesting talk. Tuesday the 3rd of July 2018, 8.30 to 10.30am at the Ramada Plaza Go to the wrexandbusinessprofessionals.com website if you want to contact them to find out how to book. And I give a special mention to a press release from HM Revenue and Customs because a colleague of mine uh, telephoned our office this week and said, I've had this email from HM Revenue and Customs and it's asking me to click on this link. Uh, it looks real. Shall I go? And we all shouted in the office, no, no don't do it. So the press release from HM Revenue and Customs is calling all, all people to be vigilant about using uh, email and text messages. The HM Revenue and Customs are currently processing tax refunds for the 2017-2018 tax year. And obviously the criminals are taking advantage of this. They're sending out scam emails and text messages to thinking they've received a tax rebate and asking them to hand over their personal details. HM Revenue and Customs are keen to remind you that they only inform you about tax re refunds through the post or through your employer. No emails, no text messages, no voicemail messages. If you get any of these, just delete them straight away or you can forward them to HM Revenue and Customs phishing email address, which is on their website. So just be careful, just because it looks relevant and, you know, it's the right sort of time for being told about um, a tax rebate please don't click on anything. They will send you a letter in the post if you are one of the happy recipients of a tax refund. Heather, what have you got for us? I've got a couple of events uh, fairly local to the Wrexham area. Uh, one taking place on the 22nd of June, being organised by uh, Chester Business Improvement District. It's one of a series of three. Uh, they're two-hour sessions and they're workshops. And the first one is Marketing and Branding, What's Your Brand? That's Friday the 22nd of June. And then they follow that up in July with Marketing Your Business Online and use, Using Social Media. And then on the 14th of September, they do a follow-up surgery, refresh and outcomes, uh, interactive sessions. And they are at the Story House on Hunter Street in Chester. Uh, details of how to book will be on our website, thebusiness.community, as will details of this one for the 28th of June. This is... Um, at the National Waterways Museum, which is a nice venue, uh, at Ellesmere Port. And this is Constructing Excellence, Organisational Resilience. They say at, uh, over 2,500 businesses fail per year. The construction sector accounts for the greatest number of registered insolvencies of any sector in the UK. So if you are involved in, in the UK construction industry, this looks at whether we are built on a house of cards. It's run by Project 5 Consulting and it is, uh, it's, um, it's, it's got roundtable discussions, it's got an open panel discussion and it's a presentation of the report. So this is a report called The Organisational Resilience of the UK Construction Industry. Uh, free to attend and again, details on our website, thebusiness.com community. 
it's book review time, uh, or review time, and we are reviewing a book this week. Seems like a while since we've reviewed a book. I'm yeah. sure it isn't, but it just yeah, no, I think it like has it. been a wee while. But I'm I'm hitting two birds with one stone because <laughs> I'm going to use <laughs> the Four Minute Books website to you uh, to review Think and Grow Rich, which is a book written. A million years ago, it seems, in many ways, by um, Napoleon Hill. It was published in 1937, and it sold sold 70 million copies to date. Uh, And he also mentions that, just to give a bit of context to that, Harry Potter sold 50 million copies. So this is pretty impressive. But this book, at at the time of publishing, was fairly radical. And even now... It could be described as a little bit out there in some of the um, the, the habits that he, um, Hill, suggests wealthy and successful people use. And so he, he did a study of 500 individuals. Uh, it spanned 20 years. And from that, he distilled these 13 most common habits. Now, the four-minute books app, um, website doesn't go into detail about all 13 of them, although you can drill down. He's highlighting his top three, although I have looked uh, at the 13. And I'll just give you the the top three that he pulls from it. The three that will get you the furthest, use auto-suggestion to build an unshakable belief in yourself. Uh, And and perhaps we'll talk a little bit more about what that is. Uh, Number two, be stubborn and always stick to your decisions. There's a bit more on that. And thirdly, join a mastermind group to cut the learning curve. Now, I don't know about you, Tracy. I've been a member of a couple of mastermind groups. He's the father of mastermind groups. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Have you been a member? Uh, Yeah, I've set up mastermind groups myself and we used... um material from Hill's book to actually justify the existence. So I've, I've been quoting Napoleon Hill for quite a few years now. But he defines a mastermind group in, in his 1937 book as the coordination of knowledge and effort of two or more people who wo- work towards a definite purpose in the spirit of harmony. Right, and that's lovely. Why wouldn't you be a member of a mastermind group yes. that works like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and certainly I've, I've found as a, a sole trader that it's really helpful, again, to get to get other people's perspectives and views on specific things that I want to, to try and achieve because all the answers don't exist inside my head. And so, sometimes it's useful having somebody else's point of view or a gentle challenge from a different perspective. And, and I liken it to... Um, like having your, your own board of non-exec directors. Mm. There's somebody there that, that perhaps isn't involved in the day-to-day running but can take that that view from outside the box mm. and, and just look in and, and help you to, to shape your thinking. So Hill, very much as you might, um, th- as you might think, the book is called Think and Grow Rich. So it's all about what goes on inside your head. And the term auto-suggestion... Uh, that is about, you know, telling yourself over and over again that something is going to happen for you, that you are able to achieve your goals, uh, that you can make your dreams come uh, become a reality. You have to believe that stuff. Uh, otherwise, if you don't believe it, it, guess what? A, it ain't going to happen. And B, nobody else is going to believe it. And he, he um, you might think about, you know, the whole every day in every way I'm getting better and better. Uh, uh, I can't remember who said that. Was it Yeah. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, um, you know, it's that it's that 
not mantra, but that, yeah, okay, I can do this. I believe it. Affirmation. Affirmation and, yeah, and all of that. So he talks a lot about that, um, which I think, you know, is, it is really powerful stuff. I sometimes, you know, lose faith in myself and it's like no actually you've got this you can do this and it may just be that you need to remind yourself of that and he suggests leaving yourself notes all over the place um that remind you morning and night of the thing that you're trying to achieve yeah there's a good article um from business insider um where they said that um the book is a reminder that one of the only ways to achieve true wealth is to understand that more often than not our emotions and our mindset are what keep us from succeeding and that it's our job to come up with a plan to overcome them i think that's very true um he, he also quotes when riches take the place of poverty, the change is usually brought about through well-conceived and carefully executed plans. Poverty needs no plan. It needs no one to aid it because it is bold and ruthless. Riches are shy and timid and they have to be attracted. Oh, yes. The attraction of riches. Well, you yes. might have used one of the um, apps, that um, one of the services that you mentioned um, in one of the previous shows. So did I. Oh, mm. what did you so as well, I did also. I looked on the the four minute um, books website, and I have to say, cracking website. It, it really summed up the book well. But I have this book in Kindle form, and as I discovered a few weeks ago, just having said, if only there was an app that could collate all of the highlights on my Kindle. And lo and behold, I did a quick Google search, which I should have done in the first place anyway, and found that uh, Amazon's own um, Kindle. Um, Subsite can do that for you. So um, I, I pulled together a, a number of the quotes from the book that I'd already highlighted. So and these were things that were relevant to me a few years ago, and I've just picked out a few that I still think, yeah, that that's actually still, you know, get getting me now with that. Um, you are the master of your destiny. You can influence, direct, and control your own environment. You can make your life what you want it to be. And the way to success is. Um, the continuous pursuit of knowledge, which I like, because yes. that's sort of I'm talking my own book there. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. <laughs> the, this one really chimes with me. The time will never be just right. Start where you stand and work with whatever tools you may have at your command, and better tools will be found as you go along. Gosh, that's so true, isn't it? That <laughs> is so true. Just make a start. Yeah, if you wait for the right time, it'll never be. No, you'll always no, miss I the totally bus. No, I totally get that. I totally get that. One thing that, um, going back to the, the Four Minute Books um, website, he, he, at the end of his summary, he says, who would I recommend the Think and Grow Rich book to? And he says, the 16-year-old who doesn't get a lot of positive affirmation at home and wants to develop confident in herself, confidence in herself. The 47-year-old entrepreneur who runs a successful business but can't find himself sticking to decisions. And anyone who's never been part of a mastermind session. Okay, that's quite wide audience. That's good. Now, I, I want to ask you the question. In, in the beginning of his book, it refers to the fact that as you're reading the book, you'll discover a secret. There's a secret embedded in this book. Now, what do you take by that, Heather? Did you find a secret? Do you, do you have a concept of what he meant by a secret? There's lots of theories out there. I wondered if you had one. Bearing in mind that I've... I've not read the entire book. I've used the the, the Precy, uh, but looking around the subject, the the secret that 
I take from it, and it will be different for everybody, I think. I don't, I don't think it's a case of there is actually hidden within the book something wrapped in golden paper that's a, you know, a secret. secret. It, it'll be different <laughs> for everybody. And, and the secret is to, to just believe. And I very often have said throughout the time that I've been self-employed, sometimes you have to hold your nerve and keep on keeping on. And wh- however you frame it, that, I think, would be the thing that it's reminded me. Just believe that it can happen and it will. What about you? What do you take from the secret? Well, there were a number of things going through my mind. Obviously, I did a little bit of a search to see what other people were thinking. So one reason that um, that people give is that there is no secret. It was just a literary device to get you to buy more into his own personal brand, such as um, The Law of Success, another one of his books. I don't know. Quite cynical, that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, There is no secret, is the other one. However, it's because the secret is different for everyone and everyone has their own burning desire in life and riches don't necessarily imply financial riches. Mm -hmm. Mm, Me. The third one I came across is that the secret is you have your own free will to choose whatever you want in life and outwitting the devil in that he explains that most people are drifters and never firmly decide on what they want out of life. However, the one that I really sort of fell for myself is a bit abstract. And and I think it fits with the book quite well, is that the way you search for the secret is the secret. So Napoleon Hill says that you must have a burning desire along with faith that you'll accomplish your definite purpose. And so all of the other traits are secondary if you've got those things in place. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a secret or not. That, but that's the one that I'm leaning towards is that you turn you turn it on yourself as you're looking for the secret. What is it I'm looking for? Mm, mm. And that is the secret. Yeah. Our guru for this week is Lord Digby Jones, or to give him his full title, Digby Marit Jones, Baron Jones of Birmingham. He's known as Sir Digby Jones. He's former Director General of the CBI and Minister of State for Trade and Investment between 2007 and 2008. He declares himself as a non-aligned active crossbencher in the House of Lords, and he has a number of non-executive roles in businesses such as Triumph, Thatcher's Cider, and ProBuild 360 Limited. We decided to have a look at Lord Digby Jones, Baron Jones, um, Sir Digby Jones, uh, to see what he's up to at the moment, because he's often been acclaimed as a business guru. Uh, he's he's been the go-to man in terms of business opinion. He has spent a lot of time suggesting that we should talk up business in the UK. That British industry is, you know, the the big thing, and that we have a lot to offer. Actually, when I started to to research him, he's not actually said a lot for quite a long time about business. I don't know what you found, Tracy. No, I I was aware of him when when we we first put his name forward to discuss as as being the the chair of the CBI. And and he was sort of in my head there because he would he would make comment about government policy and what was happening. And, you know, they they would um, uh, lobby parliament uh, about things to do with business and whether i agreed with them or or not he was very it was very obvious where he stood on business so um but yeah recently gone gone a little bit quieter but i, I went to look at his website um lord uh, digbylordjones.com um and 
the latest news on his website is from 2014. So at first I thought, oh, it's it's just an out-of-date website. However, he has a separate um, blog to to the news stream, and it's on there are opinion pieces um, from April and February this year being the most recent ones. And I was a bit surprised because they're they're all quite political in nature. His opinions are very definite. He's in favour of Brexit, and he's, he's concerned about lots of other things. And I found them quite political, even though everywhere you look, he describes himself as apolitical. Now, there is an argument to say that life is political. You have to have opinions on things and the way that the world is governed is political. But I wouldn't describe his opinions as apolitical by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. So I don't know whether the the shtick of being apolitical is just a way of not offending anybody because he... Obviously, he wants to be a speaker at various dinners and whatever. So he's listed on a number of speakers' websites. And um, he can speak on topics adapted to suit the individual needs and preferences. I'm reading from uh, um, one of his keynote topic uh, blurbs. Um, Embracing insightful and topical views on the world economies, the changing face of business in the 21st century, and the ongoing public versus private sector debates, which he just gets stuck into. So I guess if he came out and said he had a particular political affiliation, he might immediately cut off some of his um, (laughs) customers for speaking. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, being slightly cynical there. Um, But, you know, that's my take on it because I'm not I'm not quite sure how you can claim to be apolitical when clearly you do have opinions. I think apolitical is a very specific mm, niche mm. And, and very few people can actually reasonably claim to be apolitical. Um, but uh, how, you mentioned that he sat in the House of Lords and uh, what was it? Um, and a cross party, a cross bencher. He is yeah. uh, a non-aligned, active cross bencher. Okay, so when I was doing the digging around looking for articles, um, it looks like he's very active in his role as Baron of Birmingham. But um, one one of the articles I picked up was quite. Um, critical i guess yes he claimed fifteen thousand pounds in parliamentary expenses in a year without speaking once in the house of lords so it's it's a bit yin and yang for me that one is i i'm 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 unsure about the the role of the house of lords but i'm very certain about claiming expenses and you know i think it's um when when we're um when we're talking about public sector private sector pay and Obviously, parliamentary expenses is public sector. £15,000 is a lot of money to be claiming in expenses. I don't know what they were for, but uh, yeah, and it just rang a slightly cautious bell in my head. What I think is particularly interesting, I, um, I was at an event, uh, a chamber awards dinner a few years ago now, and he was the guest speaker. Uh, and so from a, from a non-business point of view... Uh, I observed him as somebody who uh, had been allotted about 30 or 40 minutes to speak and managed to speak for 90 minutes. So everybody had had really lost the will to live. <laughs> um, he'd obviously had some red wine, which is fine. That's okay. Uh, it was a black tie event and he was wearing his shirt, but no black tie. <gasps> and these are things that for me, he's, he's a paid speaker, um, you know, come along you know let, let's everybody else is in their best bib and tucker so you could at least toe the line but what's particularly interesting is that he and there are there are a lot of controversial stories about him at the moment um around and about if you if you look on google you don't have to look too hard uh, now that's great because he, you could argue that he's a catalyst but to act 
to be the person that he is, he's a larger-than-life character, he's very opinionated, and to actually manage to not speak in the House of Lords in a year, being the person that he is, I think would be... A- would be quite You'd an achievement. Try very hard yeah, not to. Yeah. Given that you're a, a professional speaker, Pre- precisely, you think it, you have a role to speak, yes, surely, to, yeah. to make your voice heard. So I wonder why he's taken that decision, what intentionally or otherwise. You know, how would you keep him quiet? That's that's the question. That <laughs> that's I would a good ask. point. Yeah. Um, and in 2014, which is uh, the point at which the news on his website sort of petered out, um, he was actually involved in a, a new version of Troubleshooter. So anybody who's listened to the show previously will know that I used to, I, my, my interest in business was sparked around, um, you know, sort of early 90s, late 80s. And Sir John Harvey Jones um formerly of ICI, was the founder of the BBC's Troubleshooter series. And uh, I loved it. I, I really, it was really interesting. It was very of its time. And uh, and I think we've talked about it, this in the show before. Um, it, it, all of his um, projects, so to speak, weren't always successful and they didn't always take his advice either. That doesn't matter. It was, it was good entertainment. But what struck me is that... Um, the format changed little between the early 90s and 2014. So in between, there was a, a, a kind of troubleshooter with Sir Jerry Robinson, and that, that was on ITV. Um, I think it was called I'll Show Them Who's Boss. And then Lord Digby Jones. And it really struck me, and uh, you know, now, 2018 now, but 2014 then, that they're still going for a middle-aged man in a suit, a middle-aged white man in a suit, to tell businesses what to do. And in the 90s, that was fresh and interested. Now, I'm not so sure it's irrelevant. Mm. It is, you know, it was in, in one respect, it's certainly not shown the diversity that there is in small business these days. And indeed, there should be. But we've got Dragon's Den as well. You know, there are, there are certain kind, and I'm oh, and The Apprentice. I, I don't. I'm not going to say anything no, about The Apprentice. No, let's cross over that. But yeah, I, I think it represents a face of business that actually is old hat. Maybe it, it's losing its relevance. It is. I think it is old hat. And I think that if we're going to shake up business, going to shake up UK business, then what better way than to throw away some of those old stereotypes? Uh, and and bring in the new way of thinking, whatever that might be. Because I think that, you know, a tried and tested format um, dates fairly swiftly in, in the way and the pace that business is moving forward at the moment. So we always end the show with a quote from our guru. I, I, I could have found lots of quotes that I, um, I dis- disagreed with, to be fair. Um, but I did find one quote, which I, I thought um, was, was good. I'm, I'm going to own this quote for him. Uh, Companies that understand their links with the communities they operate in and their impact on the environment are most likely to prosper in the long term. Yay, well said, man. <laughs> I don't have a quote because there wasn't anything that he said that I felt that I wanted to take ownership of. But So I thought I would put it back on the listener and I'm going to share on our podcast uh, a link which where you can see Lord Digby Jones give four tips for business across different um, areas. So you follow that link, see if there's something in there that resonates with you. On that that's a note. cop out isn't it yeah that's a cop out but i love it yeah so make sure you go and have a look at our podcast we're at the end of the show now but yeah go to the podcast you can listen to the show again and you can read heather's uh, link um, with the digby jones's uh, 
What would, what did you say? Four tips for business. Four tips for business. Please do tell us what you think. <laughs> You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.